On this episode of Your Wellness, I welcome a returning guest, Mathieu Bonnet, who spoke to us a few months ago to announce he was planning on swimming around the largest freshwater island in the world in an effort to raise awareness and funds for multiple sclerosis in honor of his Aunt Claire who passed away from the disease. Fresh out of the water, having endured hypothermia, exhaustion, and the difficult decision to abandon the swim midway through, Mathieu shares his journey of his extraordinary swim. He explains what he contemplated with his team during his two-week swim along the North Channel, the challenges along with the many blessings that unfolded last month. Mathieu's story goes beyond his journey of swimming the North Channel. He also openly shares his current mental health and how his depression has resurfaced since returning to normal life post-event. You will be inspired to ignite and follow through with your own goals and passions and find the blessings from even when those goals have a different outcome than previously planned. You will learn more about the stigma that still surrounds mental illness and how we can collectively work to empathize better to allow anyone who might be dealing with a mental challenge to reach out for help. All that and more on your wellness. Hi, I'm excited to reintroduce a former guest that I interviewed on my podcast from a couple months ago. We have today Mathieu Bonnet. Mathieu has just wrapped up an amazing feat. He has swam around the largest freshwater island in the world for to support as a fundraiser and to support in support of the Multiple Sclerosis Society and in honor of his Aunt Claire, who actually passed away from the same disease. So welcome to the show, Mathieu. Thank you. I actually didn't make it all the way. I made it halfway. I had to stop uh, due to the cold there with something out of my control, but still pretty awesome swim. I still swam 150 kilometers, which I'm really proud of. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about it because obviously there's some parts of this that I I've missed out and I would really like to dive into, you know, what it took to get to where you, you, you ended up and kind of the struggles. I know you had some heavy currents to deal with some cold temperatures, hypothermia. I was following you on Instagram exhaustion. So maybe you didn't complete it, but I think you did far more than, you know, the average person, especially since you didn't even know how to swim or you weren't even a good swimmer, you know, a couple <laughs> yeah, of years it was ago. only a year and a half from starting to swim to, wow. to that. So pretty incredible. And it, that's part of the sport is the lake always decides, you know, some factors are out of your control. So in this case, the water was just simply too cold to swim in the south side. They were having a historic low water temperatures uh, and currents too. Like sometimes well, this time it wasn't the case, but sometimes you can swim as strong as you want and the lake's stronger than you get pushed backwards, you know? Mm. So uh, you can definitely influence the outcome, but with the sport of open water swimming, the truth is that the outcome's not fully in your control. You know, there's a lot of things sure. that are under your control. The environment is a strong force. And yeah. this was done in July. So we're talking, um, we're in, this is August right now that we're recording this, but you did this swim in July. So bring us back to the beginning of um, the swim and what it took for you to get to that, to step your toes in the water and uh, take on this amazing journey. Uh, yeah, it's kind of unreal when I'm looking back and reflecting on it. Uh, it started with just a thought, maybe last October or so. And then from that thought, it evolved into a team of close to 30 people. You know, you can't do these sorts of big endeavors on your own. So I had a training team, a fundraising team and a logistics team. So we were, I think we were all in all, we we're close to 30 people and just kind of overwhelming um, everybody's generosity and and uh, belief in the cause like really allowed me to do this, you know. Um, 
so definitely put a lot of time and training in all sorts of experts, uh, swim coaches, uh, sports nutritionists, um, sports therapists. Like I got a full team um, make my training plan and help me get ready for this. And then standing on the shores of, of Lake Huron, uh, I started July 1st. It was kind of an unreal feeling. I was staring out at the water and I, I was really nervous because I was way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> just to put it in perspective, day one was a best for me. I think day one, I swam 20, 21 kilometers around that distance. And that was further than I had ever swum. And I knew I'd be doing multiple of these, these swims in the month, you know, so I was super scared, super nervous. Uh, we had a drum circle, actually. Uh, Christine was my captain and Rick's her husband. He led us. Uh, I think it was a really good way to bring the team together and bless the swim and kind of start the swim. Um, when I started swimming, I was just not in a good headspace. I, I was so much in my head. I was, you know, like I said, my mind was having a hard time understanding what I was about to do. Like it was so far out of my comfort zone. Uh, but that's why you have a support team, you know? So I let them know that those first 15 minutes, I was not swimming well. Like guys, I'm so up in my, my head right now. I just let them know. And, uh, I just like, I just need a little extra encouragement, extra hype. And Christine and Mal were on the boat and, and they started encouraging me uh, and it allowed that switch in mindset. And I think those first 15 minutes, that's where I am pretty, at least I felt like I was swimming really bad. And as soon as I had that switch in mindset, then I just crushed that swim. Uh, it was an awesome swim. I swam by Strawberry Islands, swam by the lighthouse. It was just cool, like swimming in the North Channel, uh, in Lake Huron, swimming by these islands kind of, I don't know, is really connecting with nature. It was just kind of a surreal feeling. Now you, you did describe the first 15 minutes. So if anybody has done anything physical, that's typically the response, right? Your body and your mind is saying, what are you doing? You know, this yeah, is what I yeah. want to be doing right now. So I'm, I'm glad that you did, you pushed through that and understood that was part of this process and you had your team, but behind you, um, pushing you through those first uh, 15 minutes. And I, I remember seeing pictures of you actually eating and swimming. So you know, <laughs> it's not probably not part of this, this, this whole story, but you did have to learn how to do a lot of things in the water. Not Definitely. Yeah. Learning, le learned a lot about nutrition. Uh, Christine helped me out with that too. She's not only was she my captain, uh, but she swam Lake Ontario herself and she coaches people to swim. So I just, she had a level of experience that was just amazing. I was learning as I swam too. So I learned so much, uh, but yeah, eating and swimming is a skill I, I had to develop. <laughs> and, uh, I joined master swimming to get some technique because originally I was just hopping in the lakes. Like last summer, I just hopped in the lakes and self-taught and due to COVID pools were closed. So I couldn't get proper training, <laughs> couldn't learn proper technique. So this October, uh, I started with master swimming, was able to, uh, with coach Phil Parker, and he was able to teach me some, some proper techniques. So I've definitely learned so much in the past year um yeah like i said just overwhelmed with everybody's generosity and um you know their belief in me really reinforced my my self-belief and um uh, trained for the cold too but uh we'll get to that not yeah. the cold that i that i encountered so i trained for the fifth water temperatures in the 50 fahrenheit so when i looked at historical data of the lake i didn't see anything colder than 50. uh so that's kind of what i was expecting and pretty still pretty cold you know i think in celsius is about 10 10 celsius so i was able to swim in that all day every day because that's what i trained my body to do and day two it got a little dicey i think uh we were swimming some pretty remote locations like we're out of cell reception um the roads aren't really roads they're basically dug with excavators so you need like a, a quad or a truck so 
places that are really hard to to access and so we had some safety concerns on, on day two because of the the remoteness and the water temperatures uh, where I'd trained for that water temperature, but Mel and Christine were, you know, on that day, we we're having three to five foot waves and they're splashing over the boat and they're getting soaked. Uh, so, you know, hypothermia was, was a risk, not just for me, but for them too, you know? So I think we had some safety concerns um, after day two. Uh, and then the third swimming day, we took one day to kind of plan and, and reassess. And uh, the third swimming day is when I encountered, uh, that's where I got hypothermia. <laughs> Wow. Day three already. Eh? You're hit with that cold. And and I saw pictures of you trying to warm up. Like I, can't, I can't even imagine how cold that must have felt and how you must have had to really dig deep mentally and emotionally to decide, is this worth it? Or like what was going through your mind on day three? Yeah, well, it kind of took me off guard because we looked at surface water temperatures. We looked at maps, but we didn't see anything in the 40s. Um, as I was swimming, the first eight kilometers was just it was such a beautiful day. Like the lake was glass. We're swimming uh, probably places like not even many boats go by. You know, I'm probably the only person who swam here. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least to my knowledge, the side is like sheer cliffs. Uh, so wow. yeah, it's it just totally scenic, totally beautiful. And I was having a great swim. I was doing great time. And then just boom, I just hit this wall of cold water. Uh, and I popped my head up to tell Christine and <laughs> I was cussing aloud on your podcast. I just said, damn, that's cold, you know? So I, uh, yeah, I didn't use that word though. And then <laughs> I just, Christine just said, swim. When you're in that situation, uh, the safest thing to do is to keep swimming. Cause if you're moving, you're generating body heat. Right. Or if she pulls me out of the water, uh, then you stop generating body heat. Also, um, if you if you know hypothermia, like a survival mechanism of your body is to send the blood to your core and head, because uh, that's where your brain and organs are. Um, so when you get out of the water, then the body redistributes the blood throughout the body. So your body temperature actually drops when you get out of the cold water. Uh, so it's known as after drop. So I kept swimming. I could feel all my skin stinging. I could feel the blood drain from my lips. I, I lost um, control of my hands. Like my hands, my fingers were kind of... Uh, stuck in place. I wasn't able to, to move my fingers. Um, so definitely a little scary, um, out of my, I knew it was colder than, than I had trained in, uh, when Christine said 600 meters left and I dialed it up and I, I call it type two fun because like in the moment it sucks, but when you look back, then you're really proud of what you've done and you've kind of got a good story. So <laughs> I call it type two fun where in the moment it's not a good time, but then like the memory is, is a good experience, you know, absolutely. Uh, so got out and then we put our emergency cold plan into place. So I was shivering under that uh, emergency blanket, you know, got into some warm clothes, hoodie, uh, toque, wool socks, all, all that. And uh, uh, there's a picture of me under the silver blanket and it, it does not look like I'm having a good time. It didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. so, wait, so during that swim, was that the toughest part of that journey, that day three? Or were there days that were even harder than that? I think there was two that was definitely one of them because I think then we had a meeting and we, we decided it wasn't safe to continue because I had some 20 kilometer swims and at those water temperatures just wasn't doable especially with the remoteness of where we were like if something were to go wrong uh, we didn't have easy help to you know I wouldn't be able to get to hospital quickly sort of deal you know so I think we we gave up on swimming well, not gave up we readjusted I guess you know we readjusted to the elements we had but 
for me, uh, it was a big loss. I trained so much and put so much of my time, energy, resources to getting this done. And I knew I wasn't making it around the island, which is the outcome that I wanted. So there's definitely a sort of grieving period there. Um, I swam for people who had MS. I definitely drew inspiration from them. I think, and when I put it like this, I think it ended up being a message that resonated with people who struggle with MS, you know, because that's not the way you life, you want your life to go. You know, if you get diagnosed with MS or any illness, that's not the way you want your life to go. So there is a grieving period, but then afterwards you can stay there, but it's probably not the best thing for you. You know, you just got to kind of make the best of the situation you were given. So I spoke to many individuals who had MS and I was really inspired by the individuals who in spite of their illness were still able, you know, who adjusted and did things differently and still lived a joyful life. You know, that to me was incredibly inspiring. So I think that allowed me to do the same, you know? So we said, okay, let's, let's adjust to our circumstance. We're not swimming the South side this year due to water temperatures. Um, so we called it phase two and I hopped in at Meldrum Bay, which is on the west side of the island. And then I swam hundred kilometers back to Little Current. <laughs> that's still, that's still a feat in itself. Yeah. So I swam the whole North Channel, which was pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty amazing, actually. And you raised money along the way too. How much did you raise in total? Uh, we're just, just shy. So we're still accepting donations till the end of the month. Uh, msmantoolandswim.com. We're just, just shy of $25,000. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's great. Great news for the MS society. Now let's, let's shift gears. Let's talk about the blessings or, or what did you learn about yourself during these moments? Um, I learned a lot. I think it was, it was so beautiful. You know, I think, I was at my best. My team was at my best. And just the people coming around us, like the, the, it was, I saw the beauty of humanity. I saw humanity at its best. You know, um, people opened their homes to us. They opened their cottages. People lent us their cottages for a week. You know, uh, people took my team into their restaurants and, and fed us, uh, you know, is, is just kind of unreal. The, the generosity that we received and just the, the whole energy about the swim, uh, was just beautiful, you know, especially the last day when I was swimming up to Little Current, that that was such a cool swim, you know, I knew how much time and energy I, I put into, and as I was swimming into Little Current, there's people I didn't know coming to cheer me on from mm. their docks, you know, I swam by one camp where there was like 15 kids there cheering me on, which is a really cool feeling, so I think it was awesome to see that, that energy, and just, it was just beautiful, you know, um, what I learned about myself, adaptation is a big one. You know, I think uh, <laughs> I trained my body to be able to swim all day, every day, you know, so I've only been swimming a year and a half. I did it gradually. I did it with a training plan and, and guidance, obviously. I think I was able to progress so quickly because I was talking to some amazing swimmers, you know, and talking to experts. Um, so I think the people you surround yourself with will really help you achieve your, your goals. Um, yeah. And adaptation, I guess, you know, especially adaptation to the cold. I, those first swims were not pleasant at all <laughs> in the cold when I was training, but you do get used to that. If you keep exposing to yourself in a safe way, obviously, because it can be very dangerous. Um, so you adapt to that. So I adapted to the cold. I adapted to be able to swim all day, every day, you know, um, and you, you adapt to the people around you. Can you use that adaptation as a transferable skill into your life now definitely you, yeah you can see using that that you know newfound adaptability 
moving I think forward. so. Yeah, I feel this whole adventure was an investment in myself, you know. It uh, the whole message was achieving the impossible. That was that was the goal, you know, because it, it sounded absurd, you know, me just not swimming and then swimming 350 kilometers after only a year and a half, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I didn't swim 350, I still swam 150. And I, I think my longest swim was 26 kilometers, which, you know, is pretty amazing. Uh, so even though I didn't achieve the goal of making it around the island, I still achieved what I wouldn't have thought possible when I was struggling to swim 25 meters to make it across the pool. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so I think it's an, an investment in myself that I, if I set my mind to something, I can do it. You know, you got to put the yeah. work in, you got to get the right people to help you do it. Um, but that's a very transferable skill. You know, I've talked about my physical transformation of not being able to run to running ultra marathons. And I've done the same with swimming, but I think we, we tend to, most people don't have a growth mindset. You know, they, I'm either a like this or, or not, you know, and I think that most things just take hard work to get good at, you know, like like I'm I'm not an athlete. I wouldn't have labeled myself an athlete, but now I'm definitely an athlete simply because I put the work in, you know, so that growth mindset, growth mindset. And you are absolutely an athlete and an inspiration to anyone, anyone who thinks they're too old or too unfit or too this or too that to start a new, a new passion. Um, so you met a lot of amazing people along the way. It sounds like you have some incredible stories that, that you've shared on Instagram and during your, you know, during your swim. And do you think you're going to have some long lasting relationships with your team or did you make new friends along the way? Definitely. Uh, so many people, you know, uh, I think those things, when you're working towards a common goal, it really, really brings you together you know so I brought some friends and some that made new friends you know especially Mm. uh professional relationships as well and who became friends you know um yeah too many to name you know just uh you can check out the website still check out the team section and um yeah yeah they need a shout out yeah you can definitely check them out so I can I'll shout out those who joined the expedition so Christine was my captain Rick her her husband joined us uh my friends Greg and Mel uh were part of the original um beginning of the expedition and then my friend Simon and my friend Glenn, they, those are all the people who helped uh, during the expedition itself. But like I said, so, so many people, um, I don't know, I was just overwhelmed, overwhelmed with gratitude for everybody who helped me out. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Now, when we first chatted a few months ago, you were very vulnerable and honest about your own mental health and uh, past challenges and how you've endured certain things and become resilient how are you doing now post post swim and what's going on now? Yeah. If I'm being honest, I'm not okay right now, you know, which I think is important to be honest about. It's, I think it's the message of it being okay, not being okay is one to, to get out there. And especially for, for athletes, you know, sometimes people, they just see these, these feats, they don't see the rest of my life and they don't see uh, the struggle, you know? Um, so sometimes they say you're superhuman, but then that makes it hard for you to reach out. Or when you do reach out, people don't believe you that you're struggling, you know? So I did mention that now, since after the swim, I've had a pretty big crash on back and that unfortunately depressed, you know, mindset, um, just hard to admit and talk about, but I think it's important to, to talk about it, you know, cause just ta- uh, admitting that you're not okay and, and seeking help is the first step to, to getting better. And I think I've really looked up to athletes like Michael Phelps, you know, as a swimmer, uh, he's an Olympic swimmer, but after the Olympics, even though he won eight gold medals, like he couldn't get out of bed for five days, you know? Um, and I don't admire just for his Olympic achievements. I really look up to him for 
being open and honest and being able to talk about that, you know, especially people who you think are, are superhuman, but I use the term fully human, you know, I'm fully human. So there's, there's days that I struggle just to make it out of bed. You know, um, there's days that are really, really tough. Uh, and that's due to my mental health, my struggles with depression. Like imagine pe people don't understand, I think it comes from a lack of understanding, but like how much would you get done in a day if every task you did felt like it took the energy of running a marathon, mm. right? People say, oh, like, I think it comes from lack of understanding. People go, oh, you're not motivated. You know, for me, that stigma just doesn't stick. You can't say I'm not a motivated person, right? <laughs> you look at the things I've done and mm -hmm. I'm a hyper motivated person. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I'm unwell, that motivation isn't there. Um, and it has to do with, with brain chemistry. You know, the, the brain is an organ just like any other. Um, and that's, that's why it's called mental illness. You know, people say, oh, just use your coping mechanisms of doing exercise. I, I can't do that right now or be social. You do it, but you don't, doesn't fill you up as it usually does, you know? So that, that's why it's an illness. You know, someone has cancer. You can't say, oh, just change your diet. You'll get better. I'm like, mm, it doesn't work. It's an illness. And just cause you, you can't see it. And I think being so able-bodied people are in disbelief when I talk about it. Um, it, it I really have to self-advocate and let my support system know when I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And the average person doesn't understand that, which makes it harder to seek help or, or to talk about it. Absolutely. And that's why I'm so glad that we can talk about it and that you're able to open up about it because we do have that stigma we're still dealing with. And I'm glad that you are okay with not being okay. And the more often people hear that, I think that it's going to reduce that stigma one, one little boulder at a time. Is there anything that you are doing that is working, is getting you out of bed in the morning? So if someone's really struggling, they don't necessarily have to be someone who just, you know, swam, you know, as much as you just swam, but for the average person who's waking up and struggling, is there something that you have found that works to get you through a day, a rough day? A big one is accepting my situation. Like I can't have the same standards on myself because I'm not in the same, you know, I'm just not the same state right now. So I think it's to set yourself really small goals and to gradually set them bigger. Uh, like I'm not, I haven't sunk quite as deep, but I've, at least this time I, one is like seek help, ask people, let people know you're not okay, special, especially people you trust, let your support system know. Um, the other one is just to set yourself very small goals. Like when I'm really really ill my goal will be you know, I'm not there I'm, I'm better than that right now but just get yourself out of bed that's it you know set yourself a super small goal that you can do if you're really unwell and all you do is get out of bed today I maybe other people don't see it but I'm incredibly proud of you because I know how hard that is to do uh you know and just to gradually you know when, when I'm super unwell like I said I'm not having sunk that far low right now uh, but I'm glad I can recognize it before I get that low, you know, mm -hmm. but if like, all you do is brush your teeth, you know, I'm incredibly proud of you because I know how hard that is to do. And I really mean it. It is easier for me to swim 150 kilometers than when I'm at my very worst to get out of bed, wow. you know, and I, I don't think people understand that, you know, cause it's not visible. It's happening in the mm -hmm. mind. Um, but I, like I said, I think I'm a good person to shatter and break those stigmas because if I'm saying I, I can't manage, you know, it's true, you know, because you just have to look at all the things I've done and accomplished to know that, that, that it's true, you know, so it is an illness, accept it, seek help, set yourself small goals and 
even if you do the smallest thing for yourself that other people might not be proud of, or maybe you're not even proud of, know that I'm, I'm proud of you for doing these small things. Those are great, great tips. And it, it, it would be hard for someone to understand, to try and understand how difficult it would be to get out of bed or brush your teeth if they've never lived through it. Yeah. So we'll, I, want, I want our listeners to trust that this is real. This is not a lack of motivation. This is not a lack of anything. It's the illness that is controlling, you know, the, the struggle. And I'm glad that you're, you're openly ex- explaining this so that there's no judgment there. We, we, if you don't understand, you don't understand, but we can't judge. And we have to empathize that this is hard. Yeah, this is hard. And, and, um, and there's, you're not the only one going through it, Matt. And I'm glad that you're able to, you know, talk about it openly, and honestly, and organically. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for giving me a platform for speaking about it, because it's a cause that's, that's really important to me. And I think another thing is, well, maybe one last thing I'd like to say is, um, you know, I used to have shame around my illness, you know, because the reality is society and culture does shame you. That's what, that's why I use the word stigma. People shame you for being ill, mm-hmm. which when you look at it this way, like imagine we shamed those who had cancer, you know, imagine we shamed those who were paraplegic or had a physical handicap, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we can see very clearly that that's wrong. And yet we do the same thing uh, with people who struggle with mental health, but I think it's because it's not visible. Um, but I flipped it. There's no shame in being ill. Like you're ill, you're ill. There's mm-hmm. no shame there. The real shame is shaming those who are ill. So if you create or participate in that culture, um, that's where the shame should be. And I do think it comes from a place of lack of understanding. So hopefully, you know, just me opening up and talking about it can just shift someone's perspective and to let people know, you know, mental illness is illness. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. And um, do you think you'll continue this swim? Do you think you want to finish it or do you want to, what are you going to do with your ability, your newfound ability to swim? What do you want to pursue that? Do you want to continue it? Do you want to put it to bed, put it to rest? I'm, I'm kind of like thinking about carefully. Um, every time I finish one of these things, I kind of give myself time to process. So I'm still processing, you know, mm-hmm. do I want to swim? Yeah, I'm definitely do some swims. I don't have a, a specific one chosen yet. Um, I am doing a lot of speaking gigs. So if people want to hear me speak, I'm definitely open to that. I'm also currently writing a book. Uh, book wow. The book is called Light from Darkness. So it's about making good come out of the bad, you know? So I've come to see that, the, you know, the darkness is the, the term I give for my depressions. You know, I kind of, that's the term I give it. And I think I'm able to cr- create beautiful things out of that, you know? So that's kind of what the book is about. It's kind of acknowledging it and embracing it, but also making good things come out of that bad, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so right now I'm kind of focusing on speaking and, and writing. Um, I think right now I'm in a rest recovery uh, cycle. So I need to basically rehabilitate my legs, you know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been really, been, I've been low gravity. I've been swimming seven, 10 hour days, you know? So I'm kind of reforming those muscles I haven't uh, been using. I was a merman and now I got to become a merman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to be a land animal again. <laughs> exactly. So well, I you, think uh, I'm still still processing and, and you know, sure. I definitely got more craziness in my system, which I'll get out, but <laughs> I haven't decided what yet. <laughs> well, you've just told the world that you're writing a book. So we're going to be waiting. Yeah. Hold me accountable to that. I'm going to be holding you accountable. <laughs> I think that's, that's going to be very, yeah. be an inspiring book. I can't wait for that. And you've already got a name for it. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. So hang on to that. Well, um, I thank you again for coming back on the podcast. It's always great to have a follow-up discussion because this was an extraordinary 
feat and a goal you set for yourself. I am super proud that you you did as much as you did coming from where you came from, right? Working through uh, just getting yourself healthy and fit again to, to even attempt to do this swim. So that is, that's incredible. And um, I can't wait to see what you do next. I can't wait to uh, hear your book or read your book, uh, hear you speak. And uh, let's hope we stay in touch and we're going to see great things from you, Matt. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you.